Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Police, officers, matter. It's about time we start saying it. We start defending it. Rationally, fairly, historically, philosophically, we defend police, officers, matter. We're selling that shirt right now on charliekirk.com. The first 10 that buy the shirt on charliekirk.com, Police Officers Matter, get a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine, but I didn't even tell you the best part. The shirt that we're selling on charliekirk.com, the proceeds of that shirt, after we cover our cost of production, all the profits go straight to the families of police officers. So you can go to charliekirk.com. I mentioned it a couple times. I'm going to mention it a couple times throughout this, this program. We're going to make the case for police officers, for civil society, for the rule of law, for law enforcement, the United States of America. Email me your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. Type in Charlie Kirk Show. Hit subscribe. And if there's one episode that you want to send someone that is saying to abolish the police, this is the episode for you. Buckle up. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. If I told you three weeks ago, America would be debating whether or not to abolish police, you would not believe me. If I would have told you three weeks ago the very same police that were being used as a personal Democrat enforcement squad to go after churchgoers, to go after Christians, to go after business owners, and to go after people that were participating in civil disobedience, would then be used by those very same politicians as antagonists in a broader social justice story of abolition You wouldn't believe me. Three weeks ago, the police were being used by shutdown and lockdown advocates to go after conservative political opponents. But just in the last 24 hours, the Minneapolis City Council just voted to begin the process of dismantling and defunding their entire police department. Now, before we go any further, let's take a second and realize what this actually means. This would basically mean, according to all the information we have provided, when a woman is getting raped or murdered and she calls 911, she would get a dial tone. This would mean coming to your neighborhood sometime soon, criminals and gangbangers would run the streets. This would mean that your kids would only be protected by you. But, but of course, the awful irony about all this 
is that they want to take away your guns as well. So you wouldn't even be able to protect yourself or your family. So they've always said for the longest period of time, don't worry, the state will protect you. But what if there's no state law enforcement? Who's going to protect you from the bad people then? I encourage you to go to yesterday's episode, Black Lives Matter, The Truth, where I go into a lot of the root causes as to why the left wants to abolish the police. Now, look, some ideas are so radical, so unspeakable, so pathological, so foolish, so dangerous, so demented, it would take days to even process what it means. Let me say this as clearly as I can. This is not a drill. This is not some college essay on urban crime theory. This is deathly real. A major American city, already with widespread crime, by the way, and anarchy, is contending the solution to the crime and anarchy is more crime and anarchy. So how did we get here? How did we, the most powerful, decent, generous country ever to exist in the history of the world, get to a place where our politicians are trying to create a hybrid between Mad Max and Gotham City? Now, look, the answer is not what you think. It's not because of George Floyd or even Trayvon Martin. It isn't even solely because of Black Lives Matter. No, this is a lot more deliberate than accidental police killings of black men. This is a racist narrative that has been cooking for years. When I first started Turning Point USA and I would visit college campuses, the debates would mostly be about what are the best solutions to deliver to the next generation. We talk about debts and deficits. We talk about free market economies. We talk about revitalizing our country back to a place of higher GDP growth. Then a couple of years ago, I started to see much more radical, militant activists show up to college campuses, and they'd start to say things as, smash the patriarchy. Or even some activists would say, we need to abolish systemic racism. I thought these radical elements of higher education would evaporate and dissolve. But they grew in quick numbers. The election of Donald Trump was almost a multiplication effect. It was almost an assured way to make sure the most radical elements, henceforth the most angry and loud elements, multiplied quickly in number. About nine months ago, we first heard about the 1619 Project, which is a mass media propaganda campaign that argues that America was not founded in 1776. Instead, it was founded in 1619. You couple that with the militant stance of the ACLU, the restorative justice campaign. All of this was the perfect foundation for an upper middle class suburban revolution to basically have people that are the upper middle class income of our country agree to disassemble the country. The dark and tragic irony is that suburban city councils will still have police. Winnetka, Illinois, Highland Park, in North Dallas, Escondido, California, La Jolla, California, Beverly Hills, California, Santa Ana, California, will be basically untouched. Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, where the ruling class wines and dines and their kids go to school, you'll probably still have police. Where these measures are taking place are in inner city America, 
and the intelligentsia that rules inner city America have been educated in Ivy League institutions. The suburban America will be more than fine. Their armed guards or gated communities will not be defunded. Their kids will still be chauffeured to private schools, while poor kids will now have to contest to still stay alive. By the way, if poor kids have anything of value on them and they walk across the street with no police, what will prevent thugs from mugging those kids with regularity? Kidnapping? Well, with no police, if your child, brother, or sister gets kidnapped, who tracks them down? You get the point. I could have every sort of instance relitigated here. The cartels, lawless lovers of crime, the terrorists and architects of chaos, they love and they fantasize a world without police. We got here due to a devastating and mortal combination of self-loathing, a messianic complex of the suburbs, the empowerment of criminals, and the unchecked leftist propaganda in our schools and media. So let's take these one by one. Number one, self-loathing. In higher education, white kids in particular are taught that they have white privilege. There is a deliberate campaign by the radical left to teach anyone that might be white or might be on the higher income distribution that there's something wrong with that. Not that how do we get more people at the higher ladder of the income distribution. Not that we should fix the elevator in the metaphorical building. Instead, college teaches you how to throw rocks and stones at the top of the building and bring down the entire building, the entire structure together. After years of this, young people that have grown up in lives of luxury with everything provided to them, of which there is nothing wrong with that necessarily because your parents worked very hard to make sure you have that life. Respect it, be thankful for it, and maybe learn how more people can have a life of higher income luxury. No, no, no. Instead, they want to tear it all down, which leads to the second point. And this is an honest truth, but it's a hard and blunt truth. There is a messianic complex to the suburbs. What do I mean by that? Messianic complex is that the suburbs, and I grew up in the Northwest suburbs, I know this to be true. They believe more so than not, I'm generalizing the suburbs as people at the higher income distribution. Suburbanites believe that they can play the messianic figure to go fix the problems of society, that they know what's best for black America, that they know what's best for the inner cities. A lot of the people that are financing and funding the abolished police movement will never have to live under it. They don't actually have to see the real world implications of their ivory tower policies. And so the idea that we have to come in and help the disadvantaged, I think, is rooted in somewhat of a good place, but it's also rooted in guilt. There's a great book that was written by Jason Riley. It's a very provocative book. It says, please stop helping us. How liberals make it harder for blacks to succeed. In this book, Jason Riley argues how well-intentioned welfare programs are in fact actually holding black Americans back. Minimum wage laws may lift earnings for people who are already employed, but they price a disproportionate number of blacks out of the labor force. Jason Riley argues that white suburbanites with a messianic complex that wants to help actually hurt black America. And Jason Riley says, please stop helping us. The third issue here is the empowerment of criminals. City council leaders and mayors across the country have not stood up 
against the anarchists and the domestic terrorists in the streets. In fact, they intentionally equate them morally to the civil rights protesters of the 1960s or the Boston Tea Party. We've been getting so many emails at freedom at charliekirk.com and freedom at charliekirk.com. Please email me your questions of people that ask, Charlie, what makes the individuals that are burning down American cities different than the Boston Tea Party? Well, here's one. The Boston Tea Party and the American revolutionaries had decided that King George was an enemy of the state. Well, if the Black Lives Matter protesters want to say that the United States of America is an enemy of the state, that's called a civil war. That's what makes it different. So if they want to go and say, we're officially declaring war on the United States government, you lose kind of the moral righteousness argument of we're trying to reform the United States of America. What made the American Revolution different, and what it, was more, it was a moral revolution, by the way, is they had to actually dissolve ties and live up to the responsibility and the consequences of signing the Declaration of Independence. Just so you understand, when the Founding Fathers signed the Declaration, they were basically signing a death warrant. They were signing what could have been a public hanging precedent that what they were signing very well might have resulted in their public hanging. So for those Black Lives Matter individuals that are saying, well, they're just as morally righteous as the Boston Tea Party and the American Revolution, well, are you prepared now to say that you're declaring a civil war and an armed insurrection against the United States? Because if you are, that's a lot different than trying to reform the system. The empowerment of criminals and widespread lawlessness has grown into anarcho-tyranny. Anarcho-tyranny is enforcing the laws as you see fit to help fulfill your political agenda. The fourth thing is unchecked leftist propaganda. This happens in our schools. This happens in mass media. Just today, NBC Universal says they're going to spend another $100 million advancing social justice-style causes in mass media. The 1619 Project, which was started by the New York Times, is in school curriculum all across the country. So let me ask you a question. Do you think that the left will stop here? Do you think that the left and their foreign allies, by the way, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard and the Chinese Communist Party that are tweeting and funding support of these efforts, do you think that they're going to stop once police in Minneapolis get defunded? Do you think this is where they put up their hands? They say, we have finally done it. American progress has been achieved. We can disband BlackLivesMatter.com. We can dismantle M4BL.org. We're done. Minneapolis police are defunded. We're satisfied. Do you think that the progressive movement will stop pushing the boundaries of Western society? Imagine our most bitter enemy abroad. Xi Jinping, ISIS, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. Do you think or believe they are pleased or unpleased to see American cities with no police? If you hated America, what would you want? There was an unbelievably telling clip of a Minneapolis City Councilwoman on cable news where I believe it was CNN, where the CNN host asked the Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis Councilwoman, well, what happens if someone has someone breaking into their house. And the Minneapolis councilwoman challenged the question and said, well, even if you're asking that question, I get it quite often. 
It means that you're coming from a position of white privilege. Play clip. Do you understand that the word dismantle or police free also makes some people nervous? For instance, what if in the middle of the night my home is broken into? Who do I call? Yes, I mean, I, I hear that loud and clear from a lot of my neighbors. And I know, and, and myself too, and I know that that comes from a place of privilege because for those of us for whom the system is working, I think we need to step back and imagine what it would feel like to already live in that reality where calling the police may mean more harm is done. Instead of answering the question, they deflect and say, well, if you own any piece of property or rent anything that you might care about, that must be white privilege. But what if they break into affordable housing units where black people are? Is that white privilege? What if they break into black owned businesses in the South Chicago? Is that white privilege? That's intentionally dancing around the issue, using trigger words of the left to try to avoid reason and rational thinking. There's also a terrific clip to go back to the messianic complex of suburban white elites where he talks about how liberal whites are actually the problem. Now, I don't see eye to eye with Malcolm X on a lot of things, but I don't doubt for a second that Malcolm X actually wanted to see black America succeed. His tactics, totally different than what I will condone. Malcolm X was much more, let's say, open to retaliatory violence than I would like. But this clip is beyond brilliant. Play tape. There are many whites who are trying to solve the problem, but you never see them going under the label of liberals. That, that white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. He's the most deceitful. He's like a fox. And a fox is, almost, is always more dangerous in the forest than the wolf. You can see the wolf coming. You know what he's up to. But the fox will fool you. He comes at you with his mouth shaped in such a way that even though you see his teeth, you think he's smiling. So it's that messianic complex mixed with the four other things of how we even got to the place where we're talking about defunding the police. Understand, if you hate the police, you hate the United States Constitution. That is who the police swear allegiance to. If you hate law enforcement, you hate the law. And if you hate the law, you hate civil society. And if you hate civil society, you hate the United States of America. If you hate the United States of America, you must love the disassembling of American police. There is no precedent for this, by the way. There is no playbook. There's no there's no history guide. where We can say, yeah, you know, back in the 1920s, that city abolished police and they did quite well. No one's done it before because no one's thought to do something so demented. As disassembling. Law enforcement. And I'm going to do something that the Black Lives Matter movement and Democrats and mainstream media refuse to do. But first, I want to tell you about PCmatic. Take a second to think about the private information you have on your computer and mobile devices. Your pictures, videos, financial information, work files, personal documents, information that cybercriminals are constantly trying to get their hands on. What are you doing to keep that from happening? You need protection and PCmatic is doing it right. Instead of only blocking programs on a blacklist of known cyber threats like traditional antivirus software, PCmatic protects your internet-connected devices by blocking any application that isn't on its white list of known trusted programs. And they're the only antivirus company that does its development, research, and customer support totally in the United States of America, 100% in America. When it comes to cyber attacks, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. 
So what are you waiting for? Get a free month of protection with the purchase of your annual license at PCMatic.com slash Charlie. Again, that's PCMatic.com slash Charlie. Build the wall. Protect your computer. Do something about your computer safety. Keep the bad guys out and your personal information secure with PCMatic. So now we're going to do something that Black Lives Matter, the Democrats, and the mainstream media refuse to do. And that's name the names of the brave law enforcement officers who have either lost their lives or left in critical condition as a result of these riots. Officer Patrick Underwood, shot and killed in Oakland, California, a black man whose life seemingly does not matter to Black Lives Matter. Captain David Dorn, shot and killed in St. Louis while guarding a pawn shop from looters. A 77-year-old retired police captain and a black man whose life seemingly does not matter to Black Lives Matter. Officer Yayan France Jean-Pierre, stabbed in the neck in Brooklyn while on an anti-riot patrol and nearly died and would have if the attacker's knife had moved one inch in either direction or hit an artery. He's also a black man whose life seemingly does not matter to Black Lives Matter. Officer Shay Michelonis, a Las Vegas police officer on riot patrol, shot in the back of the head by a coward engaged in what the media called peaceful protesting. Officer Michelonis, a week after the attack, is still in critical condition. Sergeant Damon Gutzwiller, shot and killed in Santa Cruz, California, a victim of anti-police sentiment and defund police rhetoric, a minority whose life doesn't seem to matter at all to Black Lives Matter or the activist media. Two other unarmed officers were shot and sent to the hospital in Brooklyn during anti-cop protests. Three other unnamed officers were followed home in Georgia and had their cars firebombed and set ablaze by activists slinging Molotov cocktails. And these are just the names and cases that we know of now. This list is surely to grow as riots become more violent and prolonged and the narrative becomes more and more divisive. In fact, according to Kaylee McEnany, the spokeswoman for the White House and White House press secretary, there are at least 750 police officers who have been injured in the rioting that the left and the media continually describe as, quote, peaceful protests. And Democrats are stoking the flames of racial division. Instead of trying to de-escalate the violence against cops, Democrats are peddling anti-cop narratives and total propaganda. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez just shared on an Instagram story outlining organizations you can donate to to support all of the so-called peaceful protesting. Only problem, she listed Unicorn Riot, which is a domestic terror Antifa affiliate responsible for anti-cop violence. This is a sitting United States congresswoman. This is the insurrection from within that Lincoln warned us about. This should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is supporting domestic terrorism. And yet, yet the insanity totally continues. Joe Biden's campaign staffers are bailing rioters and looters out of jail. These are the same type of thugs that are killing cops. And as I mentioned, now you have the Minneapolis City Council that will abolish their police department. And they even said in their statement, We recognize we don't have all the answers about what a police-free future looks like, but our community does. Really? Your community has the answers? This doesn't make any sense at all. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti even called the police, quote, killers. Play tape. Start someplace and we say we are going to be who we want to be or we're going to continue being the killers that we are. 
We are worried about him and worried about his future and the safety of our citizens. Yesterday, he smeared every single police officer in Los Angeles and across the nation by calling us killers. Garcetti's also making national headlines for saying he's identified $250 million out of the city budget that would be redirected away from police. On Wednesday, he announced the city would abruptly reverse plans for boosting Los Angeles Police Department spending and instead redirect $250 million from the city budget into programs for health care, jobs, and, quote, healing, aimed largely at the black community. The Los Angeles Police Protective League on Friday labeled Garcetti, quote, unstable, amen, and accused him of, quote, political pandering after he referred to, quote, killers in remarks about the proposed spending change. This is why we're selling those shirts, everybody. Police officers matter. Police officers matter. You go to charliekirk.com, charliekirk.com. After our costs are covered, we are donating the money to police officers' families that have been killed by Black Lives Matter. Police officers matter. You can go to charliekirk.com to get the shirt. It's charliekirk.com. The union on Friday issued a statement requesting a crisis response team to be sent to the mayor, quote, because Eric has apparently lost his beep mind. Good for them. Now, not to be left out, the worst mayor in America and his vice mayor of worst mayor in America is Mayor Eric Garcetti. But Bill de Blasio vows to boost social services and cut that city's police budget and defund the New York Police Department. He says this, people protest to achieve change, and now we must deliver that change. Yeah, if you listen to every single protest, My goodness, the world would be a dark place. But he said this. No, they didn't protest. He didn't say this. But listen, Mayor Bill de Blasio, they did not protest. They looted and rioted. I was just in New York City, and I talked to business owners that lost everything because you did nothing. And you decided to have the New York Police Department be the equivalent of bleacher bums in Yankee Stadium and sit by and watch as their city burned. Bill de Blasio, that's not a protest. That's called arson. Bill de Blasio is so bad because he is a fundamentalist left-wing radical. He truly believes America is a nasty and awful place. He truly believes that New York City will be better when it becomes a Mad Max dystopian blend of Gotham City. Nancy Pelosi just introduced a bill to drastically change the role of policing as we know it in America. So I want to break that down piece by piece. But before I do, I want to share a clip of the amazing Kaylee McEnany from the White House press briefing today. Just like the officers who we tragically lost deserve to have their names and stories told, I believe that the stories of positive policing needs to be amplified. And that's exactly what Kaylee did. Play tape. One note that I I really wanted to get in, um, should have weaved it in earlier, but I think it's important, is just there's so much focus on our police officers right now. There are absolute cases of injustices. Our heart breaks for those cases, but I just want to note um, some of the great things our police have done last year alone. In Alaska, uh, retired cop Kim Castro jumped in freezing water to help victims to safety after a plane crash. In Idaho, a woman said, he saved my son's life, commenting on a cop who saved her disabled son. In Maine, a detective uh, was killed while helping a motorist in Rhode Island. A baby who was choking was saved by an officer in Maryland. An officer was hailed for intervening in an active shooting incident. 
North Carolina, police thwarted a mass shooting. In Ohio, police took down a mass shooter at a bar. In Wisconsin, a terminally, terminally ill girl was visited by 40 officers and canines. In New York, officers Bies and Officer Roman of the NYPD responded to an incident involving a homeless man. They bought him new glasses, a haircut, and a new suit, and they helped him to find a job. In Detroit, Michigan, an officer helped a homeless man struggling to shave in the streets. In Virginia, officers could be seen playing with little girls, playing dolls with them on the street. And in Arizona, Charlie called 911 asking for a happy meal mistakenly, mistakenly and police delivered. This is who our great law enforcement officers are, um, and we should remember that. Police officers have had overwhelmingly positive impact on American life, and they have for centuries. I want to give you a rundown of some of the most important dates in policing history in America. But first, whether you're new to the gym or you've been lifting weights for years, it's hard to find the right workout program and stick to it. If you've ever gone to a gym without a plan, you know how overwhelmingly the weight room can feel. But with FitBod, you can get a truly personalized fitness program that adapts as you go. FitBod is a smart fitness app that takes all the guesswork out of planning your workouts. And by cycling new exercise into the mix, FitBod keeps your workouts fun and fresh. I personally love this app because you could tailor your workouts however you want to your equipment and it keeps you accountable. You can balance muscle groups. And as I recover from my bad back, FitBod is the place I go to. FitBod combines the knowledge of fitness pros with a powerful machine learning algorithm to give you a workout program that maximizes your results. You get a tailored program to your unique body experience and environment. It's perfect for anyone who's looking to get better fitness results, whether your goal is general fitness, strength training, muscle tone, bodybuilding, powerlifting, or Olympic weightlifting. No equipment, no worries. FitBod has bodyweight routines for those looking to get fit at home or on the go. FitBod is super easy to use and even has HD video tutorials to make learning new exercises a total breeze. Personalized training can be tough on the budget, but FitBot is only $9.99 a month or $59.99 a year. Plus, you can try one month of workouts absolutely free. So get a personalized fitness plan that helps you work out smarter at fitbot.me.kirk. That's fitbot.me slash kirk. Try FitBot for one free month when you sign up today at fitbot.me slash kirk. That's one free month when you sign up at fitbot.me slash kirk. So here's a little history of policing in America and how important the police have been. Because remember, if you love the law, you must support law enforcement. So in April 1935, the city of Boston establishes a, quote, night watch in which officers serve part time without pay. This is the first known instance of policing of what would become known as America. September 24th, 1789, the United States Congress creates the first federal law enforcement officer, the United States Marshal. Thirteen U.S. Marshals were appointed by President George Washington. In 1857, the city of Baltimore became the first police department to issue pistols to their police officers. And on the day he was assassinated, April 14th, 1865, Abraham Lincoln authorizes the Secret Service. That's pretty eerie, isn't it? On February 26, 1870, Constable Wyatt Outlaw becomes the first African-American police officer to be killed in the line of duty when he was removed from his residence by the members of the KKK, members of the Democrat Party, and lynched in front of the county courthouse. You have to know that Constable Wyatt Outlaw was 100 percent Republican. In 1930, the single deadliest year to date in law enforcement history was 312 officers killed. September 11, 2011, the deadliest day in law enforcement history occurred when 72 officers were killed while responding to the terrorist attacks on America. 
These dates and milestones are all from the National Law Enforcement Memorial Fund. Now, there are over 800,000 sworn law enforcement officers in America. And some people say, well, cops are imperfect and we must abolish them. So let me take you through a very simple logic class right now to explain how police officers act and why we need police officers. Human beings are flawed and likely to fail. Number two, therefore, human beings need law, guidelines to live by. The law requires enforcement of the law because human beings are flawed. Number four, those enforcers of the law must be human beings. And if they're human beings, see number one, human beings are flawed and likely to fail. Therefore, you're going to have human beings being police officers that are likely to do evil and awful things. That is not a reason not to have the police officers. That's not a reason to abolish the entire industry of policing. Now, there's 800,000 amazing law enforcement officers in the United States. It's the highest figure ever. That's 800,000 plus men and women who go to work every single day laying their life on the line to protect us. Even the people who want to see them dead, they protect the free speech rights of people that are asking to have them abolished. Now, look, crime fighting has taken its toll. Since the first recorded police death in 1786, there have been over 22,000 law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty. Currently, there are 22,217 names engraved on the walls of the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial. A total of 1,627 law enforcement officers died in the line of duty during the past 10 years, an average of one death every 54 hours or 163 per year. There were 135 law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty in 2019. That number will go up after these riots end. Compare that to how many lives are saved by police officers, namely how many black and brown lives. This is an educated estimate from the great Heather McDonald. Go back in the archives and listen to our episode of Heather McDonald. While it's impossible to know the exact number of how many lives police officers have saved, it's certainly in the tens of thousands, all basically and virtually black and Hispanic. New York City homicides peaked at 2,245 in the year 1990. That's basically a 9-11 happening in New York City every year. You know how many were last year in New York City? 319, a drop of 86%. The drop started quickly in 1994, and it was sharp. That was the year Rudy Giuliani became mayor, and that's no coincidence. If they had remained even at early 1990 levels for 30 years, you would get tens of thousands of deaths alone just in New York City. More police, less crime, more lives, more black kids that have gone to college, more entrepreneurs more people that are able to do amazing things thanks to police. Now, this is owed largely to innovations in data-driven policing developed in New York City. Can't believe it, but Michael Bloomberg actually supported it. It is also owed to increased funding and recruitment efforts that put more patrols on the street, the exact opposite of what you see happening today. Nationally, the same story, 50% felony drop in the last 30 years. This means it's probably in the hundreds of thousands of black and brown lives saved across the nation in our country's biggest cities. You count the children of the people saved over a couple generations, that's probably a million human beings saved over 30 years thanks to police. This is why the anchors of the black community, pastors, 
loving parents, mothers, good fathers and grandparents say the same thing over and over again. According to Heather McDonald, give us more police, not less. It is white liberals like Bill de Blasio and Gavin Newsom that want the police out of the communities. It is the black leaders and the black pastors that want the police in the communities. Police make America safer. Police lives matter. Again, charliekirk.com, we are selling a shirt that says police lives matter. Proceeds after we cover our cost of the production of the shirt, we're making donations to the family memorial funds of police officers that have lost their lives to the domestic terrorists. And Democrats only want to make it harder to do their jobs. That's what Nancy Pelosi's new anti-police bill does. But before I get into the specifics of that, I have to comment on this. This is one of the most bizarre displays of virtue signaling I think I've ever seen. As people named Pelosi, Schumer, Hoyer, Nadler all took to wearing African tribal garb known as, quote, kente cloth while kneeling in the Capitol Rotunda. By the way, you got to go see the clip. Jerry Nadler can't take a mask off, and it's just the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life, so you got to see the clip. But mind you, most black Americans I interact with are adamant about one thing. They are Americans. Yes, they are black Americans, but most have never been to Africa. This is so tone deaf, and and it's honestly racist. Can you imagine if I was wearing kente cloth right now? I'd be called a racist for cultural appropriation. I mean, these people are just callously, unabashedly, unashamed to pander and virtue signal. And this has to be one of the worst cases I've ever seen. I mean, it's disgusting to watch. And who are they trying to connect with? So here's what the new proposal outlines. And here's what it does. It seeks to ban police chokeholds. So you can't use chokeholds anymore federally. And by the way, why can't we just do this locally? It is a do not try to institute massive systemic change in a society without trying to believe that it might actually change things for the worse. Try it out on a micro level. See if banning chokeholds actually work. Don't do it on a federal level. Nancy Pelosi also wants to repeal qualified immunity laws. Qualified immunity is judicially created doctrine that shields government officials from being held personally liable for constitutional violations like the right to be free from excessive police force. Who would want to become a police officer today? They don't get paid anything. They might die in the line of duty. We're already having hard times recruiting police officers all across the country. And now you want to get rid of their immunity? Who would want to be a police officer today? Provide federal funding for racial bias training. Racial bias training has, pr- has been proven not to work. Heather McDonald debunked this as well. They want to create a national misconduct registry for officers. They want to register your guns and register your police officers. By the way, you guys got to choose one or the other. Either you want the police officers to confiscate all of our guns, or you hate the police officers and you want us all to own guns. Can, you, can the left get back to me on which one it is? Because I'm, really, I'm not really sure which one it is. They also want to require state and local law enforcement agencies to report use of force incidents to the Department of Justice. This would create a massive new bureaucracy, effectively taking police off the streets and keeping them posted in front of a desk and a computer. More paperwork means less protection. They want to ban no-knock arrest warrants and federal drug cases. So this stems from the death of Breonna Taylor. And I want to debunk that right now. So important. But before I do, they want to get rid of no-knock federal drug cases because the Democrat Party has a very 
let's say, suspicious relationship with trying to decriminalize drugs in America. At every turn, Democrats want to make it easier for you to get drugs. You can fill in your own motives of why that is. But Democrats are convinced the more Americans that use drugs, the better America will be. I'm not in that camp. Now, I'm going to debunk the Breonna Taylor lie right here, right now on the Charlie Kirk Show. But first, are you guys in student loan debt? Are you guys being crushed by the cartel, the colleges? Well, if you want to get out of student loan debt, I want to tell you about Credible. Credible.com. It's an online marketplace that gets you pre-qualified student loan refinancing rates from up to 10 different lenders. They help people get out of student loan debt. If you've got student loan debt, you could benefit. The lower rate, you could save on interest or lower your monthly payment. With a shorter loan term, you could get debt-free faster. Consolidate all your student loan bills in one place. Credible customers have given awesome reviews about how much better their lives have been after refinancing their student loans. If you're being crushed by the cartel and there's no way out, Credible.com is for you. On Credible, you see actual pre-qualified student loan rates for up to 10 different lenders. Whereas with some other online marketplaces, you only get a range of rates or ballpark estimates. It only takes a couple of minutes to check rates. Checking rates does not impact your credit. They never sell your data, so you won't receive spam and phone calls from dozens of lenders. Visit Credible.com slash Charlie. That's C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Charlie. When you refinance your student loans using this link, they'll give you a $200 gift card. Again, that's Credible.com slash Charlie. That's Credible.com slash Charlie. So I did an unofficial poll around the office here, and nearly everyone I talked to when asked about Brianna Taylor said, well, she was shot in her sleep by a police officer on a no-knock raid. This is the power of mass propaganda. This is the power of leftist hypnotism. They hypnotize people around lies, around sinister falsehoods, and then they use that to try to push malevolent public policy. Exactly zero people I talked to knew that she was in the apartment of her boyfriend, a known drug trafficker who the raid was actually targeting. And by the way, he started shooting at the police and she was caught in the crossfire. The way Breonna Taylor is talked about in mass media, they make it seem as if the police woke up one day, got in their SWAT vehicles, which means special weapons and tactics, said, hey, now would be a great day to go break down Brianna Taylor's door in a no-knock raid, knocked down the door, and shot her execution style while she was sleeping. Instead, her boyfriend, a drug trafficker, and I'm not going to overly generalize here, someone who has been arrested previously for trafficking drugs, typically, through anecdotal and empirical and statistical evidence, also has engaged in violent crime. If you're trafficking drugs, you're generally not Gandhi. You're not exactly living by the non-aggression, peaceful principle. So this guy who's a known drug trafficker, they storm down his door because he's probably peddling cocaine to young children. But also, you do realize the police didn't come in shooting. He made the decision to start to shoot at law enforcement. If you shoot at law enforcement, it's like shooting the Constitution. We're going to shoot back. If you shoot at police officers, they have every right to return fire. And guess what? This boyfriend of hers will not be counted in the statistics of unarmed black men. Do you know why? Because he wasn't unarmed. And even worse, it wasn't that he wasn't even armed. He was shooting. 
So while this bill does fall short of defunding the police, here's what Nancy Pelosi had to say about that when she was asked on MSNBC play tape. We can uh, tear down bad laws, but we tear down the walls in people's hearts. What I think we have seen on the streets of America, across the country, in large numbers, day in and day out, is saying really young people are thinking differently. Everyone is learning from them uh, that for America to live up to its promise of the greatness that we are. Uh, We want to make America proud again. So do those young people. So I I believe this is an opportunity. We will miss the opportunity if we didn't take advantage of it and show away racial profiling, chokeholds, the doctrine of of, uh, all of the the issues that we deal with uh, uh, in the legislation will make a difference, a discreet difference in how we respect People. So this is about respect, respect for individuals, but respect for our founders and what they had intended, respect for our men and women in uniform, for what they have fought for and protected, and respect for the aspirations of our children who are right now the a younger generation out there in the streets, other people too, but nonetheless led by the young people to say this is the future that we want to be a part of. So basically... A non-answer from Nancy Pelosi. But to close the point about unarmed, Breonna Taylor was not necessarily killed and targeted by the police. She was caught in the crossfire. It was unfortunate collateral damage. But if there's anyone to blame in that, it's her thug drug trafficking boyfriend who decided to shoot at the police. So it's such a non-answer. And basically the anchor let her get away with it. Journalists should be holding the Democrats' feet to the fire over this radical and dangerous proposition. But they couldn't care less. Somehow they don't seem to understand that this could end up impacting their lives, their children's lives. So, look, thankfully, the Daily Caller, they're terrific. And they they did the work of real journalists and they went to every Democrat senator's office. They do this routinely. I think they got a whole platform for this. And they asked if they supported defunding the police. Guess what? Every Democrat in the Senate refused to say the activist media wouldn't do this. But Daily Caller went office by office and did what the media should be doing. And that tells you everything you need to know about the Democrat Party. There's no difference between the Democrat Party and the activist media. The activist media is just the communications arm of the Democrat Party. Look, they all saw what happened to Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry when he answered no to I do not support defunding the police. He was jeered and, quote, shamed out of a Black Lives Matter rally over the weekend and forced to walk away in disgrace. He is the ultimate archetype of what will happen to every single self-righteous, messianic, upper-middle-class, suburban social media, left-wing activist. They will run you out of your profession if you do not stand up against the mob. Here's Jacob Frey, who was trying to apologize while wearing a mask. Oh, we have to play this tape again because it's the most outrageous thing. And by the way, I played this tape in the previous AMA, and I have to apologize to you guys. I didn't realize this was the mayor of Minneapolis. I'm putting all my cards on the table. I saw this clip go viral. I thought it was so outrageous for a human being to say this. And I mentioned it in the AMA. They asked me anything you guys should listen to. It's one of our highest rated AMAs we've ever done. I didn't realize this was the elected mayor of Minneapolis play tape. It is a yes or a no. Will you defund the Minneapolis Police Department? All right, be quiet, y'all. Be quiet, because it's, it's, it's important that we actually hear this. It's important that we hear this, because if y'all don't know, he's up for re-election next year. If y'all don't know, he's up for re-election next year. 
And if he says no, guess what the f we gonna do next year? What you say? I do not support the phone abolition. Does this guy come across as a leader of men to you? And he was still booed and still jeered out of that rally. Now, look, this is from a mayor who's bending over backwards to try to appease the mob, and they're still going to run him out of office. This is why CNN's own building gets vandalized. This is why Planned Parenthood gets defaced. The mob will never be satisfied. But let's talk about mob philosophy really quick. What do you think human beings would do if they thought they'd never be held accountable? There's a reason why the mob wears masks, and it's not because of the virus. It might be temporarily convenient because of the virus. But there's an anonymity to it. There's a, I can burn down the world and I won't be held accountable. I could become somebody else. It's almost a dehumanization devulsion into the unknown of the worst darkness a human being has. It's almost playing with the dark elements of the spirit, as Jung would talk about. And the mob will never be pleased because the mob is not rooted in construction. The mob doesn't organize to try to build a building. The mob doesn't organize to try to solve an issue. The mob organizes to burn things down, to lynch, to kill. Just ask Socrates, ask Galileo, Jesus Christ, the only true person, because I believe that Jesus Christ is more than an archetype. He's the son of God and the risen son of God and the real son of man. To have the mob do what they wish to do against him, and then he rises up against it, reigns supreme. Mobs get angry. Mobs do things they actually regret. A lot of people that actually called for Jesus' crucifixion ended up repenting and actually accepting Jesus Christ as a savior of the world. Like giving drugs to an addict, giving the mob what they want means they're only going to want more. Only in this case, it can kill all of us, not just the addict. See, when you give drugs to an addict, they might kill themselves. When you give power to a mob, they might kill you. So I want to leave you with words from an actual police officer, Jay Stalian, who happens to be black. After a July 7th, 2016 Black Lives Matter rally in Dallas that erupted in violence, leaving five officers dead. I remember exactly where I was when this happened. And several more wounded. Stalian wrote a letter and published it on Facebook. And the post went viral. And even though he wrote it four years ago, I think it's just as relevant today as it was then. I won't read it all, but here's a segment of it. And his words are chilling. Here I am, a young African-American born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, wanting to be a cop. I watched and lived through the crime that took place in my hood. My own black people killing others over nothing. Crackheads and heroin addicts lined the lobby of my building as I shuffled around them to make my way to our one-bedroom apartment with six of us living inside. I used to be woken up in the middle of the night by the sound of gunfire, only look outside and see that it was two black people shooting at each other. It never sat right with me. I wanted to help my community and stop watching the blood of African Americans spilled on the street at the hands of a fellow black man. I became a cop because black lives in my community, along with all lives, mattered to me. And I wanted to help stop the bloodshed. Remember the countless times I stood two inches from a young black man 
around my age, laying on his back, gasping for air as the blood filled his lungs. I remember them bleeding profusely with the unforgettable smell of deoxygenated dark bread blood in the air as it leaked from the bullet holes in his body and onto the hot sidewalk of a summer day. I remember the countless family members who attacked me, spit on me, cursed me out as I put up crime scene tapes to cordon off the crime scene, yelling and screaming out of pain and anger at the sight of their loved ones taking their last breath. I never took it personally. I knew they were hurting. I remember the countless times I had to order new uniforms because the ones I had on were bloody from the blood of other black victims of black-on-black crime. I remember the countless times I got back in my patrol car, distraught, having to watch another black male die in front of me, having to start my preliminary report, something like this, suspect, black male, victim, black male. I remember the countless times I canvassed the area afterwards and asked everyone, quote, did you see who did it, end quote, and the popular response from the very same family members was always, F the police. I ain't no snitch. I'm not going to take, I'm going to take care of this myself, end quote. This happened every single time, every single homicide, black on black. And all my realizations came to this conclusion. Black lives do not matter to most black people. Only the lives that make the national news matter to them. Only the lives that are taken at the hands of cops or white people matter. The thousands of lives lost. The other black souls that I, along with every other cop, have seen taken at the hands of other blacks do not matter. Their deaths are unnoticed, unaccepted as, quote, the norm, and swept underneath the rug by the very same people who claim and post, quote, black lives matter. And he finishes the letter by saying, I realize that the very reasons I became the cop are the very reasons my own people hate me. And now in this toxic, hateful, racially charged political climate, I'm now more likely to die. And it is still hard for me to understand to this day. Police lives matter. Police lives matter. Get the shirt, support police officers' lives. Police officers matter shirt on our website, charliekirk.com. You cannot have the law without law enforcement. The left wants to convince you that they can create utopia. The 20th century is wrought with examples of people trying to create a perfect society in utopia, and it was a bloodbath. Minneapolis is about to become a war zone. It's not going to be rich suburbanites that live in the land of Thousand Lakes that have boats and summer homes in Austin, Minnesota, that are going to be victims. It's going to be young black men that are going to bleed in the streets because when they abolish the police, the gangbangers will take over. People do not do bad things because the police exist. People do bad things because of original sin. The police are not a broken institution. They're not. There might be broken people within the institution because we're all broken people. But one police officer, the ranking officer that does something evil, does not justify the abolition of the entire industry, the entire infrastructure of policing in America. In fact, that would be one of the most foolish, suicidal, self-defeating decisions in American history. This would put us on a pathway to anarchy that could only be seen in Mogadishu, Somalia. You want to go see anarchy? Go to Mogadishu, Somalia. They have very little police. In fact, they've tried an anarchist model in Somalia. Remember Black Hawk Down? By the way, that is where Elon Omar is from, coincidentally, Somalia. Doesn't end well. You have thugs that run the country. You have Somali pirates that end up dominating the sea lanes. 
civil society starts around the word civil. In order to be civil, you need standards. Standards are a code of ethics, values, laws. Thou shalt not murder. The uploaded moral app that God gave Moses on Mount Sinai. The Ten Commandments is a good place to start. We have built most of those as laws in civil society. Don't steal. Don't murder. Don't lie under oath. Treat people the, you want to, the way you want to be treated. Despite all this and this moral foundation, people still do really, really bad things. And they rebel. That's why we need police. And beyond that, police are not just there to enforce the law. They're also relied upon to save individual lives. See, police are more than just people that follow up after a crime. They try to stop the crime from happening. It's a very important distinction. So they don't just uphold the values of a free society, free speech. They also insert themselves and put their own life in harm's way selflessly to try to allow other lives to flourish. And instead of commending them and thanking them that probably over a million black and brown people are going to live over the next 30 years thanks to increased police forces, according to Heather McDonald, we mentioned that earlier in the podcast, there's now a mass movement to defund and abolish police in America. One of the most stunning, disappointing, pathological decisions in American history. Police officers matter. You buy the shirt on charliekirk.com. It's in the store. The first 10 that buy the shirt, you also get a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine. Guaranteed. Not a if, not a maybe. You buy the shirt, charliekirk.com. You get a signed copy. New York Times bestseller, MAGA Doctrine. We're doing something about it. Let's raise some money here for some police officers. Proceeds, once we cover our costs for printing and shipping and the, the production of the shirt, proceeds go to families like David Dorn. Proceeds go to families like Shay Michelonis, who was on riot patrol, shot in the back of the head. Critical condition. Like Patrick Underwood. Police lives matter. Buy the shirt. Wear it proud. Because when you stand for the police, you don't stand for every police officer. That would be foolish. That would be like saying when you stand for the vets, you stand for every single member of the military ever, despite what they ever did. That's not true. But you stand for the ethic of the country and what they stand. You stand for our country. Stand for America. Go to charliekirk.com, support police officers and their families that have lost loved ones. The proceeds will go to support them. Also, make sure you're subscribed to The Charlie Kirk Show. Type in Charlie Kirk Kirk Show to your podcast provider. Hit subscribe. Email us, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. First time that buy the shirt, get a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Police officers matter. God bless you. Talk to you soon. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Ah. Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.